Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. Worship should really just freely and naturally flow from our hearts whenever, uh, if we get a hold of the words of those songs, um, that He is the master of the seed, that He uh, speaks and it listens, and all of elements of nature, I mean, He created them, and they obey His command. All of creation, matter of fact, holds together by Him, and uh, certainly we can worship Him in that, and worship Him as well as our Savior. And uh, I like the words of that song that mentions, by His stripes we are healed. And uh, what a great glimpse that gives us of the gospel. And uh, again, how our hearts should just bow before Him, love Him, and worship Him, and be faithful to Him. And I'm thankful for our great Savior, and uh, His love for us, His faithfulness to us, and the uh, anchor He is for our lives. So I'm grateful for that. I appreciate the singing this morning. appreciate the truths contained in those songs. Uh, if you have your Bible, we're going to be in the book of Daniel this morning. Daniel chapter number 6. Daniel chapter number 6, and I'm going to read the whole chapter, so, if, so it'll be quite a bit of reading, maybe more than usual, so if you need to see it, the honor and reverence of the Word of the Lord is more about your heart anyhow, um, but I, if you want to stand, I welcome you to, but I do want to preface it with, we're going to read the whole chapter, so um, you do what you feel in terms of that as, as you need to, um, but I wanted to give you that preface this morning. So Daniel chapter number 6, I'm going to begin reading verse number 1, read the, want to read the whole chapter. Again, if you feel like standing, I absolutely welcome you too. Um, but if you need to see it, I also understand that. Again, it's the reference we have for His Word is more about where our heart's at than physically stand. And we can stand and not have the reference we need. Uh, so it's all about the heart this morning. But Daniel chapter number 6, the Bible says this, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and hundred and twenty princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, and over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him." Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then the presidents and princes assembled together to the king, and said, Thus said, thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors, and the princes, the counselors, and the captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statute, and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open, in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any God or man within thirty days, save of thee, O king, 
shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself, and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king, and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is, that no decree nor statute which the king establisheth may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel, and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And the stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went, went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest, continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent angel and has shut the lions' mouths that they have not hurt me. Forasmuch as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded they should take up Daniel out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. And the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives, and the lions had the mastery of them, and break all their bones in pieces, or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and steadfast forever. And his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed in his dominion, shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Thank you for standing this morning. As you see that I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer, and I ask you and invite you to join with me. Father, we thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your kindness. Lord, I thank you for your mercy. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity this morning to study from your word. And God, I thank you for the freedom we have, Lord, the copy of your word, the access to your word we have. Uh, Lord, we don't want to take those things for granted this morning. God, I thank you for each person that's here, what you've done in their life. God, and even if they're lost this morning, I'm thankful for the hope they have. Lord, that if they'll come to you, you will in no wise cast them out. And God, I pray this morning that you'd help me to shine forth your truth, God, just to be a, a conduit, Lord, this morning that would share your truth, God. People would put their faith and trust in it by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in their hearts and in their lives. God, help me to handle your word with accuracy, God, and with integrity. Lord, that what I say is truly as a representative of you. And God, I speak well on your behalf today. Lord, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy. And Father, I thank you for... God allowed me to be in this congregation this morning. Your great plan for my life that brought me here. Lord, I am thankful. And God, I praise you this morning. And all these things I ask in the name that's above every name. Amen. You know, the text before us, Daniel chapter number 6, a passage that if you've been in church much at all in your life, I'm sure you have heard about. In fact, this is the kind of text that even if you wasn't raised in church and 
maybe you haven't been all that many times in your life, Daniel in the lion's den or Daniel in the den of lions is probably an account, a story, a narrative that you've heard of or that has come across your path at some point in time in your life. It's often used in youth Sunday school lessons and vacation Bible school and it's often emphasized for young people and certainly it's, it's wonderful to be utilized in such a way. The intense nature of it, the clarity of the story makes it one that draws in people's attention, especially that of young people. Talking about lions, people being cast into a den, Daniel being safe, or others are being eaten. Certainly that's going to grab the mind and the attention span of even a young child. But the memorability of it will press it firmly into their memory. I doubt that anyone has ever heard the story of Daniel and the den of lions as is recorded here in chapter number 6 has forgotten it. But be assured this morning, God did not record this narrative only for the use of children. You and I can all take many powerful lessons away from this very familiar portion of Scripture. I was talking to a child, a young person one time at Tabernacle when I was there, young. She was probably five or six at the time, and I asked her about the story of Daniel and the lion's den, and this is how she explained it to me, and I think it's very well said. She told me they told Daniel not to pray, and he did anyway. If you need to sum up Daniel, that's a pretty fair way, or sum up the story of Daniel and the den of lions, that's a pretty fair way to sum it up. But for us to, to draw from its truth and for us to draw from the, the well that exists here in Daniel chapter number 6, we do need to understand what's taken place. And I might try to fill in the gaps a little bit from that little child's explanation. Daniel, as the chapter number 6 opens, he has been brought through captivity into Babylon, and, and he's here under King Nebuchadnezzar, and he is there. The people of his, the people of Judah have been taken into captivity, and he has been brought in, and he has been made a president. They, he, according to verse number one, Darius set 120 princes over his kingdom, and then over those 120, he set three people, and one of those three is Daniel. But Daniel finds favor, and the king's looking to promote him yet again. And Daniel is, is find, has found favor with the people. Daniel has lived well among the people, and Daniel has a good testimony among the people. And I think that's, there's something to be said about that. You and I, as we live in our world, we should live out our faith. You and I should, should boldly stand upon the truths of Christ. But you and I should have a good reputation among our neighbors. You and I should be well thought of in our society as we live out our Christian truth. That doesn't mean we blend in. That doesn't mean we compromise our faith. But as we live out our faith, you and I should have a good testimony among our people. Nobody would question Daniel's testimony. Nobody would question Daniel's life for God and his love for God. But yet he still lived well among his neighbors, had a good reputation among his neighbors. For example, certainly me as your pastor, you wouldn't like it if he was going out in the public and people were saying all kinds of, you know, would you believe he's doing this or would you believe he's doing that? And I had all these things were questionable about my life, and certainly my life is far from perfect. I use that as an example to say it's important how we live among people. It's important how we live once we step outside of the walls of this church. But this text, and as it goes on, Daniel, they, to get rid of Daniel, because those other princes, of course, they get jealous, and that, that Daniel being promoted is just not going to work for them. They're not going to handle that. So they try to find fault with Daniel, and then that's how the story begins to proceed. But the text reminds us of an all-important truth, which is that Daniel served the living God. And you and I also serve the living God because he's the eternally existent one. Daniel wasn't delivered because these were lazy lines. Daniel was delivered because he served the living God. And, you know, sometimes you read Scripture and read passages of Scripture and things stand out to you more times than maybe at others 
But that's something that has just, just been a blessing to my mind and a blessing to my heart to be reminded that I serve the living God and I get to preach to you this morning the living God. Because what did Daniel any good when it came time, when he was thrown in that den of lions, if he didn't serve the living God, he would have been destroyed just like the, the families of those who tried to get Daniel were at the end of the chapter. If, if Daniel didn't serve the living God, then Daniel's praying would have done no good. Daniel's stand would have been of no use. If Daniel served an idol, what good would that have done in this moment? An idol couldn't hear Daniel pray. An idol couldn't intervene for Daniel. What good would it have done if he didn't serve the living God? And I'm thankful this morning you and I serve a living God. You and I serve a God who's able to hear us when we pray. He's able to intercede in our lives when things come up, that he, it's his will to step in and overturn. And what a blessing it is this morning to serve the living God. How that should encourage us to serve him and to live for him and Certainly it did for Daniel, and the good news is God hasn't aged a bit since the days of Daniel. He is still the living God. He's still able to hear. He's still able to intercede. He's still powerful, and he's still sovereign over the world in which he created. A dead God or an idol is of absolutely no use. A dead God wouldn't have been able to close the mouth of those lines, but as the living God, his eyes were upon Daniel, and he knew exactly where Daniel was, and he knew exactly the situation Daniel was facing, and you know God knows exactly what you're facing he knows what's going on in your life. He's the living God. That means he sees us, he hears us, and he's able to intervene. And here's, but here's what I love about Daniel. Here's where our focus will be this morning. He shows you and I what it means to serve the living God. Daniel, in these verses, is acting in accordance with his faith. In other words, if you and I served a dead God... If you and I served an idol, if you and I served something that is not true, then lackadaisical, half-hearted service might do. Half-hearted service might be acceptable if you and I served a dead God, but it's not because you and I serve a living God, which means He deserves all of us, and He deserves every aspect of our heart and every aspect of our lives, and that's what Daniel typifies in these verses, and what example that Daniel sets in these verses is that what it means and what it looks like to serve a living God. You and I have a wonderful, wonderful Heavenly Father. And so our half-hearted service, half service to Him is just unacceptable because of the God He is. But Daniel understood that. Daniel says this is a good example of what it means to serve the wonderful God that you and I do. And so if you look, one thing it means to serve the living God is that we should serve Him steadfastly. In verses 5 through 9, we see again these other leaders Within King Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, or King Darius's kingdom, rather, excuse me, within his kingdom, they get jealous. But notice they say in verse number five, we can't find any occasion against Daniel. None of their civic laws, they knew, they knew good and well they wasn't going to catch Daniel breaking those laws. None of those laws must have went against his spiritual devotion, his practice in carrying out his relationship with God, so he followed those laws as the New Testament instructs us to to be subject to the rulers and powers that be. And they said, there's no way. We can try, but he, he does nothing that we can get him in trouble for. But notice what they say, unless we find it concerning the law of his God. So then they subtly go about, and King Darius, as we can tell from the text, likes Daniel, has a good, has favor, Daniel has favor with him. And as these men get this decree passed that if anybody prays in the next 30 days, Unless they're praying to King Darius, then they're going to be thrown into the den of lions. 
because they've got to get rid of Daniel. They can't handle him being promoted. They just they can't do it. Their jealousy is eating them up, and we see from that what jealousy can cause us to do, and while that's an emotion that must be dealt with in our lives. But then the, the, the decrees established in verse number 8, But I love what Daniel does. As the young girl told me, he just prayed anyway. See, Daniel was going to serve God no matter what. And that's, that's got to be what you and I do. If, since he's the living God, he's the God that sees, he's the God that hears, he's the God that can close the mouth of the lions. So you and I must serve him steadfastly. Meaning no matter what, we're going to serve him. Life often throws you curveballs and life often throws things your way that you do not expect, you do not enjoy, that makes life difficult, things that's out of your control. But even then, you have, you have to serve God. He's the living God. He's worthy of that kind of service. He's worthy of that kind of adoration and devotion. That no matter what, we're going to serve Him. Even if circumstances come into our life that maybe a loved one passes and and it's hard, and it's, it's, it's nearly unbearable for you. And you wonder why God took them when he did. But what it means to serve the living God is you determine in your heart you're going to trust him, and you're going to serve him anyway. That's what Daniel did. Will you serve God if it means losing friends along the way? Young person, will you serve God even if it means not being the most popular kid at school? Would you serve God even if the majority are not? And you can put in whatever even if statement you want to. But the answer should be we're going to serve him regardless. Because why? He's the living God. He deserves that kind of service. He deserves that kind of devotion out of you and I as his creation. Even when your health is failing you and maybe money's in short supply, will you still serve him? You know, I thought about Job as I thought about that. Job faced probably the greatest destruction, the most tragic thing imaginable struck his life. And we don't read in the book of Job that he threw up his hands and said, if, I'm not gonna, if God's not going to do me any better than that, I'm done. No, but Job wrote some, of the, some more powerful verses like, God gives and God takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. That's, that's serving the living God. That whether God's giving or whether God's taken away, we serve Him, we love Him, we adore Him, we worship Him, and we praise Him. Notice that these men were so sure in Daniel's faith. If they could make it illegal to pray, then Daniel was still going to pray. Even if it meant he was going to get thrown into the den of lions. I've, I've thought about this text a lot, and, and something that challenges me and something that often comes to my mind is it never once crossed those other leaders' minds that Daniel might just not pray. You ever thought about that? They never just once, they never, it never even, they never even gave the thought that if we pass this, Daniel might just not pray and then we're, not, we're still not going to be able to get him in trouble. No, they knew if they could pass a law concerning his God, they would be able to get Daniel. Because they knew he wasn't going to obey the law when it contradicted his faith and his relationship to God. It never even crossed their mind. He might just stop praying. And they knew within 30 days he would pray. The consistency that's in his walk. But that steadfastness. I wonder if you and I would have been in that story if they, if they would have said the same thing about you and I. 
We maybe can't get him anywhere else, but we know if we pass a law concerning his God, we'll get him. Most of us, would, if that law would have been passed, our prayers would have ceased in that moment. But they knew. It never crossed their mind. Daniel, he may just quit praying. Just as they knew they would in verse number 11, they found Daniel praying. And to serve God in this way means that there's going to have to be a great reality to our faith. Conviction and settlement within our heart that God is who He says He is. That He is the living God. Because you imagine how your faith is going to be tested in that moment. Knowing if you get caught praying and as you find in verse number 10 He's not hiding it. That you're going to be thrown in the den of lions. If you're going to be faithful in that kind of moment, you're going to have to be absolutely settled in your faith in God. And if you and I are going to serve Him and live for Him in this day, we're going to have to be the same way, settled in our faith of Him. But also, in mentioning it, serving the living God means we should serve Him openly. Again, they passed that decree. And then read with me verse number 10. Now when Daniel knew the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and he prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Notice that as they, in verse number 5, mentioned the law of Daniel's God, notice what they say, the law of his God. And notice in verse number 10, as we read, when Daniel goes in to pray, he's not, he's not sitting there acting like he's sleeping, hoping if they came by they won't notice he's praying. He didn't shut his windows and hide himself in there so that they wouldn't see him praying. He's open. He's, he's not ashamed of his faith. He's not ashamed of the God he serves. He's not ashamed of what he's doing. And they knew, they said, we can only find a law, we can only find an issue with him concerning the law of his God. They knew who Daniel's God was. They knew who Daniel was a servant of. And I wonder if the world knows who you and I serve. Serving the living God means we must serve him openly, unashamedly. That we live out our faith with no, with no apology, with no questions, but we serve him openly. If somebody was to walk in here today and say, wow, I didn't know you go to church, that's a problem. That's not good. Because our faith needs to be something we live out openly. If when you walk outside of this church, there's no mark upon your life that you are a Christian, there's a, there's a disconnect there. Daniel wasn't just a servant of the living God at the temple. Daniel was a servant of the living God in his home. Daniel was known in this, this ungodly place. They knew who he served. And the world should know who you and I serve. The world should know that you and I are God's servant. An interesting question to ask, that I can ask myself this morning, that I can ask you, present to you is, what are you known as? Daniel was known as a servant of the living God. What a great title to be known by. And our desire should be the same. You know, many, many young people often want to be known as the best athlete or the smartest kid or the, the coolest kid at school. But make your main concern, your first priority, to be known as a servant of the living God. Let all that stuff fall in place somewhere after that. But if you're going to be known as anything in this life, be known as a servant of the living God. And to do so, you're going, to have to be, you're going to have to serve God openly. Verse number 10 also gives us another insight as the way that Daniel served God. You see, Daniel served God sincerely. 
as the decree is given, there's this high cost for praying. They knew that the repercussions would be that he'd be cast into the den of lions according to verse number 7. And so for Daniel to go on praying shows that he clearly wasn't putting on a show. Daniel truly loved and adored God. It was from the depths of his heart that he served God. If Daniel was going through the motions, I promise you when that decree was passed, he would have quit praying. Because you're going through the motions will not stand when tribulation and trial and adversity come. And one thing you and I have to be very careful of as Christians is going through the motions. Because we can easily, easily. We can come to church. We can dress as is expected. We can carry our Bibles. We can be in Sunday school class. You might be back tonight and you might be back on Wednesday night. But what God is interested in is a sincere life of service. Meaning it's from the heart. I was recently writing, a, a, a thought about her as I was meditating on the passage. I recently wrote a letter to my mom as her birthday was last week. And uh, kind of was like a wedding gift. I wrote her a letter and wrote her a note, tried to explain, wanted to leave something with her for when I move out that, to explain to her what she means to me. And I told her that of all the things I look back on and cherish the most is that what I saw in her life, she cared for me more than anybody that I could explain, watched over me, provided for me, I mean, done all those things that a mother should do. But the thing that I will thank her for the most, that I cherish the most about her, is that she lived her faith before me. I saw her at home the same way that I saw her at church, always. Was she perfect? No. But I saw the same faith at home that I saw at church. That's what it means to serve the living God. You should live out your faith as much in the halls of your, class, of your school as you do in the halls of this church. You should be the same at work that you are at church. You should be the same around other Christian people as you would be around people that you know are lost. But there's a danger here because anybody can play church. Anybody can go through the motions. But God's not interested in you going through the motions. You see, as Daniel bends down to pray in verse number 10, you can just see it's the, the genuineness in his life. We need to constantly examine our lives to see if our worship and our God of the living is coming from our heart or not. Our service to Him should always be genuine because He's the living God. Going through the motions will not do. God's not interested in you going through the motions. God is interested in the heart transformation. And by His grace, He can generate that transformation in us. But also... We ought to serve God consistently. Very similarly to serving God steadfastly, but there's a little phrase in the, in the King James Version that has stuck with me, and I don't know what it might say as far as being able to call it from remembrance and whatever version you might read from. But at the end of verse number 10 in the King James Version, it said that Daniel went and prayed and gave thanks before his God, notice, as he did aforetime. In my mind, as I originally studied this text, it kind of was consumed by that note. He prayed as he did aforetime. In other words, Daniel went and prayed just as he had done before. Nothing changed. Daniel's worship and Daniel's praying didn't start right here in verse 10. 
And you and I as Christians should be engaged in and cultivating our relationship to God at all times. All of us are quick to pray whenever adversity comes, whenever trials come, whenever there's a threat of us being thrown into the den of lions. We'll all quickly fall on our knees and pray. But that's, that's not a true, genuine Christian life. Our relationship to God should be something that's always active, should be something that's always fresh and growing, and should always be a focus of our life. Daniel didn't just pray for the first time here in verse number 10. Our, our fellowship with God shouldn't be something that comes and goes with the seasons. That should be something that's steady, constant, consistent. And that's the way it was for Daniel. You see, we do, we serve a living, almighty, and a holy God, and He's glorious in every single way. So if we're going to serve Him this morning, if we're going to seek to be, or if we're going to proclaim to be His children, we need to serve Him as He is just that, which means that our half-hearted service is not worthy of the Master we claim to have. According to Daniel, again, we should serve him steadfastly, openly, sincerely, and consistently. If we do that, we can bear as powerful of a testimony in the midst of an ungodly people as Daniel did. And I challenge you, I challenge you, if you want to know what kind of servant you are, put yourself in the shoes of Daniel as best you can and consider what you would have done. And if Daniel, ask yourself if Daniel 6 would read the same as it does right now if it were you in this position. Verse number 10 reads that you went, you opened your windows just like and prayed just like you always had. Or would it read a little differently? Maybe you had never gotten that far because your relationship with other people is not very good like Daniel's was. But put yourself in the shoes of Daniel and ask yourself if this account would read the same. Would people have known you even served God in this ungodly, wicked place? If you could say, no, probably not. If, if, this, if I was in Daniel 6, it probably would not sound like this. It probably would not read like this. Then may we seek the Lord this morning to make us a servant of the living God as Daniel was. Mark, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you to come around. And uh, you stand, stand with me this morning, if you will. And uh, as Mark leads us in the song of invitation, if you feel pressed in your heart this morning to come and pray, I want to invite you to do so. I want to encourage you to do so. And uh, if not, you meditate on the text, meditate on the actions of Daniel this morning, and maybe right where you are, just pray God would help you to be a servant as Daniel was. As Mark leads us in a song. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.